Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt. Annie, what are we doing Crossover Appeal? We take two pieces of media um, and mash them, mash them right up. Put yeah. those two fandoms together and see what, what fan smoothie we come up with. In a big podcast blender, which would yeah. probably make a lot of loud noise, which would not be pleasant for people to listen to. But this is... Yeah, we're thankful. better than a blender. Yeah. You can put that in a review. Absolutely. An iTunes review. Yeah. Oh, no. What if we get a review that's <laughs> not as good as a blender? Oh, no. Oh. I think we need to get a review that is better than a blender. Yeah. At least the sounds of a blender. Exactly. I think, yeah, we may not be as good as a th- as the act of making a smoothie for someone, because that's pretty hard to top. We could do that, though. We could make you a smoothie. That's if true. If you're a friend of ours. We can use blenders. We are their masters. Yeah. Take that, robots. Yeah. So, Annie, I know that you were hesitant to do the show tonight, but what would you say if I were to persuade you? Ooh, I think I can be persuaded. So, so that we were not Hint. at war over the I'm things? seeing stars. Intro we're over. Really, we're really good at good the job, intros. everybody. Yeah. We're the best. Uh, Annie, what are we mashing up tonight? So tonight we are mashing, mashing up Jane Austen's Persuasion and Star Wars, the original trilogy. Yes. Really important disclaimer on that one. We'll get into why later. Uh, but Annie, Persuasion's our first book. It is. Well, no, we had The Lord of the Rings. We Never did mind. The I take it all back. Yeah. This is our first book set prior and written prior to the 20th century. It's true. It's also our first movie written before the 20th century. Movie was written before the 20th yeah, century. I'm just saying. I it checks also scre- first television I think, series. I think the first video game. First. I think the screenplays were written either during or after the 20th century. Exactly. So this is our first. Movie written before the 20th century. Oh, yeah, that's true. This is our first guess, anything. Yeah. We're, we're going back were, in time is what I'm saying. I you were trying to say the movie was written back in the 1800s. No, I don't think that Jane Austen sold the film rights to this. It was like, <laughs> I've, I've written a lovely treatment for the film. Just here you are, darling. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then it got turned into the Terminator somehow because the magic of Hollywood. I know, right? Yeah. Man. Screenwriters. Hi-o. Showbiz jokes. Uh, but yeah, Annie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Persuasion was before James Cameron bought the screenplay and turned it into The Terminator? So, Anne Elliot is not a cyborg. Yet. Yet. Um, Persuasion was the last complete novel written by Jane Austen. It was published in 1818 and set in Somersetshire, Lyme, and Bath. <laughs> it is impossible to say Somersetshire without going I British. I hope I'm even saying it right. Oh, we're going to Somersetshire. Oh, we're going to Somersetshire. Um, Shimmershire. <laughs> no, that's it. Nailed it. Nailed it. We're going to Shimmershire. <laughs> we're going to have some Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce and Shimmershire. It's like... 
Andy and I's favorite Italian restaurant that we drive by sometimes on the highway in Virginia, Tony's Patoni. We've never actually been inside. No. It's just our favorite restaurant to say. Because we believe he has a wonderful pepperoni spumoni. Tony's Patoni's pepperoni spumoni. <laughs> Try the cannoli. Try the cannoli. <laughs> what are you known for? Pasta. <laughs> Wow, we get way off topic Did not real take fast. long. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to control myself now. So, um, Persuasion is about Anne Elliot, who is the only, the main character and the only sensible daughter of se- self-centered fop baronet Sir Walter Elliot. <laughs> it's on his business cards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might as well be. Yeah. Um, uh, Anne has two sisters, one older, one younger. Um, and when Anne was like 17, she was briefly engaged to Captain Frederick Wentworth, um, a naval officer and her true love, with whom she then rejected under the pressure of her family, um, including Lady Russell, her godmother. Um, so other characters include um, – Charles Musgrove, who is married to Anne's sister Mary. Her other sister is Elizabeth. Um, There are the Crofts, Admiral Croft and Sophia Croft, um, who are in the Navy. There are a lot of naval officers that show up in this book. I I noticed Wikipedia informed me that it is set after the wars. Yeah, but like, you know, um, Napoleonic, War of 1812. It was just delightfully unspecific on Wikipedia. You know, all the wars. wasn't England doing exactly they were at war with somebody they, england was just warring all over it's true they colonialism just... people look it up <laughs> hi oh well huh yeah man hot takes yeah so um back to ann elliot oh yeah um so way back in the day she rejected hottie mccotterson <laughs> captain frederick wentworth it's on his business cards right <laughs> um <laughs> And now, nine years later, she is 26, which means she is the oldest container of yogurt in the store. Exactly. Um, she Nobody basically wants to touch has that. resigned herself to never getting married, and her family is the worst. Her dad, Fop Baronet, um, and her older sister, Elizabeth, who's also not married, mm-hmm. they're just spending money left and right. The family is so out of money that they have to rent out their big fancy English estate. Oh no. And hope that like it makes money somewhere else while they're off in Bath. Um but they rent it out to the Crofts. Admiral mm. Croft being a Navy man. Um Mr. Navyman. Yeah. So <laughs> as his friends call him. Um Anne goes to visit her younger sister, um, Mary Musgrove. Um at the Musgroves all live nearby. So while she's there, she meets the Crofts who are staying at her house. And they're like, hey, you seem like a cool person. And your house is pretty okay. Your house is you got cool awesome. posters on the walls. Um, through all of that social engagement, who does Anne Elliot run into again? But Captain Wentworth, who has made a career for himself in the Navy. He's not doing too shabby now. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Now but, he's, he's like three times hottie. Yeah, right? Hottie mm-hmm. McCotterson, Dr. McCotty. Honey McCotterson dot hot dot com dot edu. Oh God, we need to get that domain right he got now. Got his teacher certification. Yes. It was it was a PhD. Oh, absolutely. Um, his dissertation was on the wars. <laughs> the wars. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and so Wentworth obviously sees her too, but he 
still has a big grudge because she rejected him. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything's awkward. Wentworth is flirting with these other glu- girls, including uh, Louisa Musgrove, her like kind of sister-in-law by extension. Yeah. A lot of Musgroves and other people running around yeah. all over the, the moors. Um, so Anne's having like the worst time ever. Mm-hmm. Um because she knows, again, no one's going to marry her. The guy she loves is flirting with some younger chick. Hashtag Everything sucks. old as dirt. Aw. Um, but things start to turn around when Louisa falls and hits her head. And... <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's looking up. <laughs> In a convenient accident. Yeah, absolutely. Not set up by Anne herself. Which is rendered in the BBC film version as possibly one of the funniest moments of cinema <laughs> I have is. ever seen. Because she is standing on the wall and says, catch me, <laughs> and then jumps. And no one does. So, you know, it's like when you're in college, you're like a freshman, you've had a drink, and you're just like, woo, I'm going to dance on the bar. Catch me. And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Anne is the one who holds it together. She makes sure Louisa gets medical attention, gets her back to her family. And, oh, it's the wisdom of the elderly. Right? You know, she's seen some exactly. stuff. Exactly. Um, she draws from her many, many years many of experience years of in the like world. being like 26 years old. How yeah. sad is that? Man. Um, so Wentworth sees it and thinks, well, you know, Anne is actually a pretty cool chick. And he I says, do mm, like her. Practical, eh? Mm, I love practical ladies. <laughs> That's why we read Austin, girls. It's true. <laughs> um. So... While Louisa is recovering and Wentworth is feeling guilty about leading Louisa on and being a dick to Anne, um, Anne goes to Bath to meet up with her father and older sister. Um, there she meets William Elliot, who is going to inherit the estate. Um, mm. He is her cousin. So, you know, that's how things worked back then. Hey, hey. And there, was, there were wars going on. People right. Had to I mean, you, you could couldn't get. be choosy in exactly. the wars. Um. <laughs> But he doesn't seem like a bad person, and he seems kind of into Anne. Mm. This would work out in her favor, because then she would inherit as well and get to live in her old family home, and things would be kind of cool. But turns out, William Uh is uh, not such a good guy, of course, because this is Austin. (laughs) Um, And how does she find that out again? She goes to see one of her old friends. Old um, widow friends. Yeah, whose husband had lost all his money i think in some big scheme um and now he's trying to and now william's trying to marry anne so he can ensure his inheritance because right now um anne's father could remarry mm-hmm. and have another heir oh ostensibly. yeah um with when if William can... Because fops are in high demand. They are. Well, I mean, he's a baronet fop. That's true. That is a fop with a title. <laughs> I guess the second part of the title is the most important part. Fop it, is, you know, that comes with the territory. Descriptor. Baronet is a fairly more attractive kind of terminology. Exactly. Um, so yeah, William figures if he can marry Anne, um, Sir Walter is never going to disinherit him because that's his daughter. Walter, no. I know. Sorry, it's a bad Walter. Oh. I mean, I've ha- I have my fop baronet days. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so Wentworth um, ends up kind of being jealous of William, of course, because he's William's the worst. Mm-hmm. And he writes Anna a, a note. He writes her a letter saying that he, he loves her and he's always loved her. And I like you. Do you like me? Agony, Check yes, no. Hope. 
Oh my god, it's a beautiful letter. Let's not make fun of that. Check half agony, check half hope. No. <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay. I believe you. I know, I'm just saying. I mean, it Some works. Some things are very He serious. obviously says something right. Yeah, so they get married. Um, Anne is a military wife. Her, you know, he's off at the wars at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's and practical. They're, yeah, she's practical. They're very well matched. Um, and then Anne burns her family to the ground. Wow. I, I really wish. They're awful. They're Epilogue. So, they're so awful. But she just worked so hard to get that house back. I know, right? Last episode, you were yelling at me for burning houses down. No, her burns her family down. She keep, she could keep the house. Oh, that's much more graphic. Is it? Well, that's what happens later in Star Wars. Anyway. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, so beautiful book. Um, some themes. Like the big theme is really forgiveness and mistakes. Mm-hmm. And can you can you get past your history? Um, yeah. And I feel like Austin does a phenomenal job of looking at, again, two people who are extremely well matched. And, you know, they were very young when they were mm-hmm. first engaged. And Wentworth has... A, total reason to be mad at Anne and them both learning to kind of forgive and find each other again is really touching um and loving even when all seems lost um Wentworth has one of his um navy pals um Captain uh, James Benwick who lost a woman that he loved she passed away and he and Anne kind of discussed that um she turned 28 and just she just dust. died. I mean, she just withered away. Her her ovaries just went poof. She, she stood on the cliffs overlooking the ocean and a, a, I said, Catch a me. <laughs> and floated away yeah, on the wind. That's what happens before you turn thirty. She was so I'm frail. the ghost right now. It's true. Um but anyway, so we see another character who has kind of loved and lost mm-hmm. and is learning to love again. Um And so as somebody who due to Partially a not great high school introduction to Austin. And also, I think, from a lot of general expectation growing up that, like, dudes don't like Jane Austen. Uh, um, as somebody who has has come around, uh, I really enjoy Northanger, Northanger Abbey, which I think was the first book that I read where I was like, oh, this this is a and good I mean, writer person. And you read it in um, a college setting where you right. could do more actual examination of it as a text versus... Yeah high school getting dragged through it with all these other people who are like oh why are we reading this dorky girly book exactly and so i think as somebody sort of coming from that background i mean what for you is the thing that uh that makes austin sort of click for so many people like what is the uh, over i mean in persuasion specifically but overall yeah i feel like austin overall i i actually relate to shakespeare in this the sense of these characters and emotions feeling timeless, even though they're very particular to their stories. Mm. Um, especially, I think, for for Austin, we look at something like Persuasion, and honestly, so much of it is so relevant, like being in a relationship and making a bad call and mm. wondering if you can forgive and forget and move on. Um yeah, and having a family temp- who's just the worst and like having to deal with these people um, yeah. and and making a big life choice and making the wrong one and having to live with it. Yeah. And having friends who advise you to make that choice, not because they're yeah. an antagonist, but because oh, yeah. they just that was they think, what they yeah, thought. I love it. Like Lady Russell is not a bad person. She mm-hmm. just is going at it from this idea of you can't you're like a super wealthy 
on track young woman, you can't marry some like guy who says he's gonna be on a boat. Like what? <laughs> Nobody marries boatmen. Nobody marries boatmen. Um no. but yeah, I think Lady Russell was really thinking she was looking out for Anne. Yeah. Um so even though Austin's kind of social commentary can be very biting and she she is gonna take down characters. Like Sir Walter Elliot is just an awful person. Mm-hmm. Um but Austin is also very fair to many of the other characters. Yeah. And I think um, even the ones who she's unfair to, it seems like she at least gets. Yeah. And just some people are just rude and selfish mm-hmm. and unkind, especially, again, like Walter Elliot. If you are from a landed, moneyed family, you believe you deserve this. Yeah. And you weren't taking like an economics class growing no, up with your tutor. You're, you have a title. Mm-hmm. Who cares about anyone else? <laughs> I'm a fop baronet. And um, Austin's writing is also so sharp and funny. Mm. Um, and again, it's just she really gets these social dynamics that are eternal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so right on, Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of other things in general that I really like about Persuasion in particular. Um, Anne Elliot is just the best. She is She's thoughtful and sensitive. And, you know, even though... Like in Pride and Prejudice, some of the Bennets are a little more ridiculous than others. Like Anne's family is just the worst. There's no like she lost her mother when she was young. Her mom was the only one holding it together. Um, and and you see her surviving that and making her own family, and that's really cool. Um, and also Anne and Wentworth seem really well matched. They're both very thoughtful, sensitive people who can handle really bad situations. Um, it's, you know, I think a lot of people look at Austin novels and they're just like, oh, they're pretty dresses and guys in fancy formal old timey outfits. Mm-hmm. And that's what chicks like about it. And then they kiss at the end. But they're they're not just swoony romances where you just put a man and a woman in the room and they're just going to start kissing. Like, these are people who actually should be together. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing I think that people talk about when they talk about Much Ado About Nothing from oh, Shakespeare, yeah. where Beatrice like, and Benedict are two very specific people who really specifically work. Oh, totally. And then everybody is like, oh, if you fight somebody, it means you love them. No, like, no. they're just people. They're like the top kids in law school. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, you guys are just going to argue every single little point, but you love it. Exactly. Yeah, that is not every relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, um, that's a little about uh, the lovely persuasion. Well, I'm persuaded to continue this episode. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Star Wars, everybody. Yay! Uh, like I a said, a long, long time ago. Exactly. Like I said, a point of clarification: we are only talking about the original trilogy, so that is episodes four, five, and six: A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. In this episode, uh, I don't know if anybody out there has noticed this, but there's a lot of Star Wars media in the world. Yay! And so we felt the need to focus, and maybe in later episodes we'll start touching on other aspects of the Star Wars sort of extended universe of media except as well start off with the original too yeah get a good grounding exactly and we will never do the prequels if i can help it Uh, i don't know man i think we should at some point yeah we'll see that's a that's a particular thing yeah we'll we'll go through them so that you don't have to yay um so star wars originally uh new hope premiered in 1977 and then the original trilogy ran up through 1983 
with Return of the Jedi, and were really uh, obviously a very complete unit in and of themselves, and just became so massive that they sort of invited all of this other extended uh, canon uh, in among them. Um, they were really uh, made, you know, they, to encapsulate a lot of the style of space opera and adventure serials that George Lucas had grown up watching, um, and then splicing in some sort of World War II dogfight movie influences, and it was really um, sort of similar to Pacific Rim last episode. It was a director taking everything that he had loved growing up and just uh, putting it up there in a sort of mishmash that really ended up becoming its own thing. Um, the plot, if you haven't seen Star Wars, uh, I'm sorry, first of all, um, you, you really should get out there and do that because like, how do you follow 80% of the conversations that happen around you? Go on Tumblr, have some fun. Exactly. Go look at all the gifts. Um, but a uh, really quick reminder for everybody. So the Galactic Empire is running the galaxy. They are fighting the Rebel Alliance who are trying to gain freedom. Uh, the Galactic Empire has built a Death Star, which blows up planets. Uh, the Rebels have stolen the plans to it, which Princess Leia places inside of a droid. Droid falls Probably into the hands. Probably one of the coolest princesses in the history of princesses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she uh, she does princessing right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Droid falls in the hands of farm boy Luke Skywalker, who really just wanted to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. But he's never going to get him now. No, never going to get to Tashi Station, buddy, because you've got to team up with Jedi Knight Obi-Wan Kenobi and then smuggler Han Solo and his buddy Chewbacca and basically go off on a madcap chase through the galaxy to try to uh, get the plans of the Rebel Alliance and then ultimately defeat the Death Star that's the first movie. Second and third movies basically wind up being variations on a theme. The rebels are fighting from and running from the Empire, always looking for a way to defeat them. And then it sort of culminates in Return of the Jedi with another Death Star, because if there's one thing that Star Wars loves, it's cycles. Uh, things just keep on rolling back onto one another. All this in a has way. happened before. All this will happen again. Hey, there we go. Um, crossing over to crossovers. Yeah, crossover. We're just building out like a massive Tommyverse of crossovers at this point. Um, but the real thing that makes Star Wars stand out, and I think what makes it such a lasting item in our culture, uh, is first of all, the spectacle of it. I mean, when it came out at the time, there was nothing like it um, that people had seen. And so it just got people hooked in that way. It sparked people's imaginations, especially because the world that is created in these films, um, the aesthetic is a very, very clear one. It's one of the reasons that I think people feel like the prequels didn't actually uh, fit in Star Wars, because the biggest feeling of that original trilogy is the feeling of this lived-in universe. Everything is sort of beat up and practical and rusty, and there's a lot of use and age to everything um, in a way that defies a lot of the glitz and glamour of other uh, sci-fi that has come and gone without leaving as much of an impact. Um, it's easy to forget because of just how big Star Wars has become, but the first movie especially is just one of the cleanest, leanest examples of pure storytelling momentum that has ever been created. I also think that um, um, kind of looking back when we watched it a few years ago, I forgot how funny it was. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a real joy to watch. Absolutely. And, and the way that it arrives at both of those is that it does not let the characters get out from under things bigger than them for for even a second. The characters are in over their heads, be it running from a Death Star or actually over their heads in a trash compactor yeah. um, at every single moment of these movies. And it just keeps moving from moment to moment to moment to moment. There's not a wasted breath in the entire film. Um, it's really a fascinating look at how to hint at a, at a 
broader universe without explaining anything much. We get about two lines explaining what the Jedi are, and then people start swinging laser swords around. And that's really all that we need. Um, So similar to what we talked about in a few previous episodes, uh, it's a perfect universe for fan fiction and for Mm -hmm. imagination engagement, because you get the broad strokes of it and the basic structures, and then you can just let your mind go crazy. There is a literal whole universe out there Mm -hmm. to play with. Exactly. And you can just keep expanding and expanding and expanding. Um, A lot of that also falls on the backs of the performers in the movies. Um, The acting in the Star Wars films is never amazing, but it is always exactly what you need to have a super fun adventure serial. And Um, they're they're all really engaging, charming actors. Exactly. It's just a lot of very charming people uh, doing a very good service to the story that they've been given. Um, Everybody almost in who was a major player was starting out in this movie. Uh, it was a whole cast of unknowns. So Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher. Uh, I li- I literally wrote in my show notes Han Solo. Uh, Harrison Ford, yeah, who, who is basically Han Solo. essentially Han Solo. Um, also, Alec Guinness coming in, bringing some of the veteran actor punch to things. Uh, I wonder if he and Maggie Smith hung out. I bet. Now Maybe. we're going to have to include who would Maggie Smith be friends with in each episode. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I bet she's friends with just about everybody. Yeah. Um, you also had James Earl Jones doing the voice of Darth Vader, oh, one of the best, best antagonists ever. ever and one of the best voices ever. Uh, David Prowse played Darth Vader's physical form, I guess would be how you say it. And then you've just got all sorts of people popping up from Billy D. Williams, Ian McDermott is the Emperor, and then a vast galaxy of supporting characters and puppets from... Frank Oz is Yoda, to Bib Fortuna, to Salacious Crumb, to uh, any other of amazingly named characters who get about three seconds of screen time and then uh, just enough to hint at massive undercurrents of plot and uh, background and story. Um, thematically, it's a really classic story. It's good versus evil, light versus dark, but also the idea that there is power and temptation in the dark side of things and that you can be brought back, that no one is unforgivable. Uh, family ties is also a massive theme uh, that comes yeah. up, um, sins of the father and all of that. And again, this idea of cycles, it starts off as something that is almost more of a narrative convenience that, oh, we got a Death Star in the first movie and a Death Star in the third movie. But it is something that as the the world of Star Wars has expanded, it has really started to take to heart and been baked into some of the newer properties. Um, so yeah, it is, uh, you know, it's just the perfect thing to start off, off on, uh, on, on sci-fi because you can go anywhere with your mind on it. Um, if you are, you know, a kid five years old to, I don't know, I guess 32 now, yeah. uh, it is a continual well of amazing imagination opportunities. Uh, to go back to. So if you haven't watched it recently, um, you should. It'd be really fun. And Mm -hmm. then maybe go read Persuasion because then you can help us think about how these two things cross over. So Annie, uh, let's talk themes first of all. Thematically, where is the intersection? Um, So... I mean, you just said um, family drama. Mm -hmm. There is some big family drama between these two. And really terrible father figures. Oh yeah, just the worst Yeah, right? Like... Kids who are struggling to survive despite the ginormous faults of their parents. Yeah. And there is the feeling of... Yeah, dead moms. Oh, yeah. Dead moms all over the place. Um, Aunts and uncles pop up and sometimes get incinerated, but other times just move into your house. Well, no, those are are unrelated Admiral Croft. Oh, so they're like the Jawas. (laughs) That also get incinerated. No. 
Who who moves in? This metaphor is falling apart. Abandoned metaphor. Yeah, there we go. Okay, family drama though. That's a that's one. Yeah, and I think there's also a sense of the younger generation picking up a mantle and solving the problems of an older generation. Yeah, like solving Um, the problems for themselves. Yeah, I mean, obviously Luke Skywalker, but even Princess Leia and Han Solo are sort of they're young people. They were unknown actors. So much is woven into the mythology of it. Between um, Princess Leia and Anne Elliot, like people. Two women in positions of so, some social power, mm-hmm. um, and who are not trying to just you know use their social power for their own benefit. Um, exactly. They are cool, thoughtful people. Mm-hmm. Right on, ladies. Super cool. Um, so, how about on a practical front? How do these two stories well, wind up? Oh, wait, I also would say more um, also thematically um, the idea of of hope and. Um, mm. Kind of working toward this greater good and, you know, despite being a very dark time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, loving when all seems lost. Yeah. So good job. Whether it's, it's it losing your house or having your planet get blown up. Yeah, in front of you. but you know, you're, you're going to make it with yeah. good oh, people around you. Also the wars. The wars. The wars have happened. Yeah. Sometimes Somewhere? they're at sea. Some... Sometimes they're in the stars. Yeah, the sea of stars. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, how do these two universes collide with one another? So uh, we're gonna play some games to figure that out. Oh well, first I think I think we just need to get what gets all these people in the same reality. Oh yeah, that's together. right. Yeah. So um, I just assumed everyone already could read my mind. <laughs> you know, let's say it is a long, long time ago mm-hmm. in a galaxy far, far away. Um, Anne Elliot is but a young seventeen-year-old falling in love with a not yet Captain Wentworth. He's just Frederick. At that point. Good old Frederick. Good old Frederick. Um, she rejects him. He's sad. What is he going to do? What is he going to do with his life now that his true love has rejected him? He has to go fulfill some higher purpose. Of course he's going to join the Rebel Alliance. Oh, man. I mean, he's a, he's a Navy guy. He's got ship skills. I, I thought he Put would have been drawn to the Empire since it is the... No, he's a good person. Well, he yeah. wants to do the I mean, right thing. Stormtroopers can be good people, good clones, Real, Well, I not guess. until the next series, so yeah, hold your horses true. there, buddy. You're right. I got Right now, they're like Nazi stand-ins. Yeah, Kim Wentworth probably wouldn't be up for that. No, not even a little. He would totally join up with the Rebel Alliance. He'd go with Biggs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be him and Biggs and um, was his friend Benwick and Harville. Like Reg Antilles. Yeah, they would all be like pilot guys in their little outfits. Oh, pilot and guys. Actually, I feel like Wentworth would be pretty swayed by Princess Leia. He'd be like, I sure do like a strong-willed lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she has no time for that. No. Sorry. She's um, got smugglers to hang out with. Right. So um, I feel like that is the jumping off point for me. Yeah. Um, he he ends up proving himself in the Rebel Alliance. He is a major player in the wars. <laughs> <laughs> the war the war on stars. Yeah. Take that, stars. <laughs> yeah. You've been too good for too long. You've given us light and nourishment. Yeah. going to take you, know. you down a peg. Um, so... I, th- I totally keyed into the long time ago aspect as well, because they don't say how long. No. 200 years ago feels very long right? to me. and far away, England is really far. Exactly. Um, I think the problem, the potential problem we hit is that the galaxy is a big place. Mm-hmm. So how do we get that personal investment? How do we get that, that familial aspect of persuasion involved? And I'll tell you how. So on the distant planet of Kellynch which I'm guessing is how they pronounce the estate it's name. Not, and uh, also sounds like a name that George Lucas would make up. Kellynch. Yeah. Kellynch. Uh, 
And Elliot is living with her families, and Walter and Elizabeth are spending wildly, of course, oh, because they're the idiots. Now, in any galaxy, they're the worst. But in order to get out of it, they don't decide to rent their house. Instead, they decide to borrow some money. Who from? from? The Huts. Ew. Getting in deep with the Hut. That mob. is totally what they would do. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like such a great idea at the yeah. time. That Jabba seems like such a gentleman until you meet him oh, in person, and yeah. then he is literally a giant slug. And I mean, I'm pretty sure in Bath, it's all swinging parties and people with like albino horn things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And rankers underneath yeah. and uh, Max Rebo playing up a storm. Um, but yeah, so Wentworth is out fighting the, fighting the revolution and Elizabeth has to find him and you join up. Anne? Uh, Anne, excuse me. That's Anne, another Elizabeth. for another time. Oh, so many Elizabeths in the world. Um, and Anne has to team up in order to save her family and get them out from under debt with the assistance of Han Solo, who knows a thing or two about getting away from the huts. Yeah. Um, somebody gets frozen in carbonite at some point. Um, I think it probably turns out that Elizabeth's mom didn't die. Uh, oh, totally. Maybe and, she was frozen in carbonite. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe she got corrupted by the Empire and is now being used to construct a third no, Death Star. her mom is awesome. Maybe, I'm just saying. Her, maybe Elizabeth Elliot could get... I mean, Girl before we saw the prequels, everybody thought Anakin was pretty awesome until he turned into Darth Vader. And then we saw the prequels and everybody was like, oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, right. So I'm just saying the potential is there. The re- but that's the reverse. That's someone being bad and you look back and you're like, wow, you were just annoying. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I figure. Uh, and then just for kicks, Mary oh, Musgrave. Maybe she oh. was a Jedi. Her oh, mom is a Jedi, and she, yeah. to, she goes off because all Jedis go into the desert and disappear for a while. Absolutely. She's yeah. totally a Jedi. Oh, my God, and then Anne has to go and train as a Jedi. Oh, my God, I love this so much. <laughs> you guys, it's all happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. <laughs> also, like, Mary Musgrave is a droid or something. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, Louisa no. gets eaten by Ewoks. Um, <laughs> Louisa uh, just dances with Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> Catch me! Catch me! Oh, man, jump off that tree. That's a problem. Um, no, but the Ewoks can catch her. They're strong. Yeah. And then I think probably at some point Han and Chewie have a mishap with their warp drive and the city of Bath has to learn to deal with like a giant wet Wookiee just walking around everywhere. Oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah, because like, what are they going to do? Decorum. No, we're fine here. Everything's fine. How about you? You can't say anything. It's just like, it's really just like he has two very, very large mutton He's wearing a big fur coat. Yeah. And yeah. Everybody's like, well, I guess that's what happens. He must be Russian or something. Exactly. Oh, those Russians. Oh, those Russians. Um, so yeah, so I think we've firmly established the shared universe of Persuasion. Oh my gosh, this is my favorite shared universe so far. It's, well, you know, it's, uh, it's all about I would like some fan art of Anne Elliot as a Jedi warrior. Played by Sally Hawking. Yeah, oh my god, I, Sally Hawking forever. Yeah. She's so amazing. BBC version of Persuasion is great. Yeah, I know some people don't like it because of the ending, because they like- Where she stares directly into the camera like she's about to murder him. (laughs) That too. Where they like weirdest get her, final shot. They get ever. her house back somehow. Oh, and Jedi it's like, mind well, trick. That, that's how. Yeah, right. That's how. This it is happened. not the estate She's you like, were this looking is for. Not your home anymore. No. Yeah. And now they're homeless. Um. So yeah. So now let's move on to some games. Yeah. First up, kiss your faces. So um, yeah. The the universe in Star Wars, I think for for love is is pretty small. It's basically Han Solo and Princess Leia. And then, like, Mon Mothma is just kind of hanging out at the bar looking for somebody. Sad, looking around. Um, Mon Mothma. But, I mean... <laughs> Many Bothans died so trying to get her number. my idea is um, Benwick, who, again, lost his lady at sea. Mm-hmm. Sad. He he is looking for love. He mm-hmm. In the original book, he ends up with Louisa because he likes women throwing themselves at him. <laughs> Literally. Also, um, she gets a concussion, so... So, whatever. 
She's She'll settle. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there could be a better option for, for Benwick. I propose that he and Luke end up together. Because they both have dealt with a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. They, um, they've they seen the wars. Yeah. Luke lost his hand. Yeah. Um, well, not Benwick. Harville has an injury. He has a leg injury, but that's another Navy friend. They so can all hang out together. Hardwick has a, a friend with a leg injury, yeah, right? so he can totally talk to Luke. Yeah, they so, can all hang out together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like <clears throat> Benwick and Luke are, are a little sullen mm-hmm. at times. They would They would be kind of down together, but then also help each other through those dark times because yeah. they would understand what those dark times are. Absolutely. Um, I feel like, so this is a society that is based so much on social maneuvering yeah. and money and status. And who is better to move through a world like that than Lando Calrissian? Yeah. I feel like he and Lady Dalrymple end up having a thing going by that the end Lady of the book. Dalrymple? Lady like the Dalrymple? Head, uh, well, yeah, he would make that move. She's got status. That is true. And that he's is a, a flatterer. Real good point. You know? And I mean, she's older, but. She's not going to say no to Billy D. Williams. Yeah, right. No one is no going to say one. no to Billy D. Williams. Yeah, right? If, like, if you're some, like, Maggie Smith looking actress, you're, you're like, nobody messes with you. Mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams comes along. Yeah. You want to get a little mess with. Lando Lando Calrissian owns Bath by the end of the book. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, maybe all of England. Bath is part of Cloud City. I'd believe it. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a Bath section. Yeah, the clouds are the steam. Yeah, (laughs) it's a very literal interpretation. (laughs) Yep. Um, how about the Battle Dome? Who's gonna fight? All right. So, um, that is a tough one. Well, in my opinion. William Elliot is basically he's Boba the, Fett anyway, because really? he's a late introduced antagonist who winds up being uh, thwarted by something that sort of comes out of nowhere. So I'm going to say that he and Han Solo fight, but then that widow runs out and just shoots him in the back of the head before he can do anything to Han Solo. The widow? Yeah. Who warns Anne about? Oh, her friend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wikipedia was very clear that she was a widow. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to think of a widow in Star Wars. Oh. Um, I mean, there probably are some. Maybe Mon Mothma. Maybe. I would oh. say also um, uh, Chewie would like just rip the arms off Sir Walter Elliot. Yeah. He would like, Sir Walter Elliot would be like, who do you think you are, you walking rug? And Chewie would just be like, you no longer have arms. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. can't call him that. No. Oh, also they'd be playing chess, and Walter Elliott would not let the wiki win. No, because mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you're a fop baronet. Exactly. You don't, no. You don't let anyone. Wow, Walter Elliott really just is C-3PO. No, C-3PO is also at least a, he cares about people. He has an essential he has function, feelings. too. That yeah. is true. Robot he, feelings. He has a mission. Yeah. Yeah, Walter Elliott would just get his arms ripped off by Chewie. This is not one of those situations in which they end up respecting they each other at the end. to love one another. Battle Dome has gotten dark. Everybody. Yeah, real dark. Um, how about those best buddies? Um, So, best buddies. I feel like Han Solo should be friends with someone. Maybe um Wentworth. I could oh, see them being buddies. Like, yeah. especially if, like, Luke and Benwick are together. Like, that, you know. I don't um, know. Wentworth seems like thing. he could be potentially a little bit of a wet blanket. No. For, like, smuggling. I don't know. I don't know that I've, he'd be that into that. One of his yeah, major things true. that makes him like, love Anne is Han that she's Solo, practical. Yeah, that's true. But Han Solo comes around. Yeah, that's true. He comes around He's, as a good dude. Yeah, exactly. And he like having 
kind of achieved this higher cause. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not smuggling things, yeah. at least by the end of those movies. <laughs> See, to my mind, Lady Russell and Obi-Wan just hang out and talk about being ineffectual mentors with one another. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> because, you know, they sort of fix it by the end, but they don't start off great. Yeah, they'd be like, so... I guess we did the best we could. Yeah. I told her to leave leave the guy that she loved with. I told him that his dad was dead. Oops. <laughs> At least her mom is really dead. Not in this universe, Lady Russell. No, sorry. She's out in the Jedi desert somewhere. Everybody's parents are secret Jedi. Oh, yeah. Secret Jedi is uh, it's one of the best things for a parent to be. Yeah. Still oh, waiting like for my mom and dad to reveal that they are, in fact, secret Jedi so that oh. I can really get this whole thing jump started. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've lost all those training years. Yeah. We'll do fine. We're fine. <laughs> So, Annie, now that we've uh, fully fleshed out your favorite crossover universe ever. Oh, my God. That's so good. Um, why don't we move on to some reader's advisories? What yes. should people take a look at if they want more stuff like this stuff? Um, so every other Jane Austen novel is recommended. All of, them. all of them. They're all amazing in very different ways. I particularly like Northanger Abbey. I think that was also the book that really clicked for me that she is funny. Yeah, she is super funny. Mm-hmm. She's like the friend you stand next to at a party and says hilarious things about everybody else. Absolutely. Um, and Northanger Abbey was actually published after Persuasion. Even That's though it was right. Written first. They were both published after she died. Yes. Right? And there was people thought that maybe her brother named the two of them. Yeah, I think for Persuasion, she didn't have a title mm. and she died and she'd been calling it like the Elliots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think actually Persuasion is a pretty good title for it. Yeah. So, you know. Good job, brother. Yeah, and I can't remember about Northanger Abbey, but like that makes sense too. Yeah, I'm just picturing her brother. Her brother is Buster Bluth for some reason. Aw, hey sister. Hey sister. Um, and you can also watch the Persuasion movie adaptations from Mm. 1995 and 2007. Uh, 2007 features Sally Hawkins, who's who's delightful. Oh, she's fantastic. And the 1995 is amazing as well. It has um, uh, was it Karen Hines? Is Mm -hmm. um, who's Oh, he's awesome as yeah. a Wentworth. Um, but if you watch the 2007, stick around for the last shot. It that's will not the last chill shot. you it's to the, the bone. It's not the last shot. <laughs> it's pretty much the last shot. Yeah, that is true. It'll chill you There's to the bone. There's a lot of like breaking the fourth wall in it. Um, but Sally Hawkins, she holds it together. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. She's wonderful. Um, you can also listen to it. There's um, an episode of podcast bellwether friends um they do a an episode that is a persuasion deep dive that is fantastic um for experts only oh my god it's it's like if you heard this and you were like i i love persuasion so much i want to hear everything about it by like awesome people cool um for some books i would recommend love in the time of cholera by gabriel garcia marquez um for the idea of like pining for someone after years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like not, Anne was only waiting around for nine years. This is like decades of until they're old. Oh no, like actually, actually old. Actually old, not just 26. <laughs> Instead of British war era old. Right? The wars. Oh, the wars. Um, but beautifully written, just phenomenal novel. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want some YA in your life, I would recommend For the Darkness Sh- or For Darkness Shows the Stars by Diana Peterfriend. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name. Um, but it's like a sci-fi adaptation, Neat. which is very cool. Um, Almost and- like Star Wars Persuasion mashup. I, I'm sorry. I have to write this mashup now. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But like, it's not even like, that's like, oh, it's an adaptation. This is like, nope, I'm just going to squish those two together. Yeah, just 
Cram them right and in. And Elliot is a Jedi. <laughs> um, and for why contempt, I would recommend uh, How to Love by Katie Catugno, which is um, a why I contempt about love and mistakes and kind of finding each other again. And just really, again, beautifully written. Lovely. So, yeah, those are my recommendations. How about yours? Um, so for Star Wars, obviously, uh, most sci-fi of the last 30 years was influenced by it in some ways. Um, the Force Awakens, the new Star Wars one that came out, episode seven, um, yeah, yeah, sure. Episode seven that came out this past year is delightful. Uh, the storytelling is not quite as economic as in A New Hope, but the new cast is amazing. And it's just a lovely revisitation to the universe. And it makes me very, very excited about where things are going from here. Um, but also lots of other movies that pull from the same influences of serialized storytelling that Lucas was pulling from. The biggest one, obviously, the, is the Indiana Jones trilogy just the trilogy those are the only three that have ever existed or will ever exist yeah i know nothing else um steven spielberg directed those but created the the script with george lucas and the story there is a fascinating transcript of their story breakout meetings where they figured out the story of indiana jones it is like a master class in how to start with a big idea and just pare down and focus and and Keep all your influences and stay honest to what you want while being really uh, smart about storytelling. I think I really need that for my Anne Elliot is a Jedi book. Oh, I don't know. I think that should be like a 9,000 page like multi-part epic. Opus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, another uh, another movie from, I don't know, probably about a decade ago now that I, ca- I really enjoyed was Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow uh, with Jude Law. That was really and fun. Angelina Jolie. It's again, uh, it is almost an even more pure distillation of the kind of serialization that Lucas was pulling from. It's super duper silly and super delightful. Um there's also the animated film, The Iron Giant by Brad Bird. Oh, beautiful. has a lot of the same visual stylings and art deco sort of influences. Uh, a lot of things that really capture that sort of era. Um, for video games, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the RPG series that was originally for Xbox, is something that I have wasted weeks worth of my life playing um, just as that perfect invitation to explore the broader Star Wars universe. Um, there are also more recent video games like Star Wars Battlefront um, and and uh, other things like that. But Knights of the Old Republic was really my sort of first invitation and introduction to video game as a form of drug that just gets in your veins and you can't stop thinking about. Um, and uh, then for books, um, there's a whole lot of them. There's an entire Star Wars expend ex- Extended Universe series of books that came out in the 90s and 2000s. It is now no longer official canon, but it's all really fascinating. Um, my personal favorites when I was growing up in school were from there was a series of Tales from books where they literally just took any character who appeared on screen for more than five seconds in Star Wars and wrote a short story about where they Why came not? from. Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, Tales from Jabba's Palace. I'm sure that it doesn't. Tales from Cloud City? Probably. I'm almost positive that oh, there I'm is. Oh, sure. Yeah. Guy with the ice cream maker? Oh, yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. He has a really tragic story, turns out. Yeah. Tales of the Bounty Hunters, a personal favorite of mine, was the first one that introduced the idea that maybe Boba Fett wasn't actually dead because he was way too cool to die that lamely. Um, But uh, but yeah, they probably don't hold up a whole lot if you go back and read them now, but they're super fun and silly and help you spend a little bit more mental time in the real estate of Star Wars, which is always a good thing. So those are my recommendations. Um, 
Annie, what do people do if they think that we maybe missed something or they had a really good idea based off the stuff that we were talking about? They should tell us about it. Oh, how um, should they tell us about it? So they could email us at uh, crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. And I guess they could go to Facebook and Crossover Appeal Podcast. Or they could find us on Twitter at Crossover Appeal. Or if they wanted to see more stuff, especially of the GIF-related kind, mm-hmm. and keep up on new episode releases, I guess ultimately they could just go to crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. That's where you find everything. Hey, hey. Um, but Annie, what if they want to tell all of their friends to listen to this wonderful podcast because now Anne Elliot is, uh, is a Jedi? A Jedi. Um, so they should um, share all of those things, but also subscribe and review and rate us and so we can get more people to hear about us absolutely um the more thank you so much to friends who have tweeted or facebook messaged or shared links to the podcast big um shout out to people who have uh reviewed on itunes yes absolutely um, including uh that's best um that's best aaron fletcher 11 um Yeah. yeah we really really appreciate your reviews, um, especially because they were so nice. Yeah, it is the single biggest way for us to boost the signal and make sure that lots of other people can start imagining how various galaxies from oh various gosh, periods guys, of long time ago. All of Jane Austen's heroines were Jedi's. Oh my God. I mean, some of them would have to be smugglers, right? Oh, that's true. Emma fights yeah. pirates. Does well, she, she fights bandits. Yeah. Well, she gets accosted by bandits. She gets accosted. I think she would be more of the Lando Calrissian. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, she'd be like, I'm going to run things. Absolutely. I'd be down with that. Oh, my God. It's crossover (laughs) ever. Well, with that to leave on, uh, happy thinking about that, everybody. Uh, Send me your fan art. Yes, please. And in the meantime, uh, this has been Crossover Appeal, and I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Thank you.